Hi, I'm Dave Bazuki, founder and CEO at Roblox. You're listening to Tech Talks, a podcast about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of 3D human co-experience. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the most innovative technologies that have emerged in this new category and sharing stories with the Robloxians that are building them. Today, I'm joined by Garima Sinha, Senior Director of Product on the social team at Roblox. As a co-experience platform, our vision is to expand the quality and immersion of social interactions on Roblox and ultimately the world. Today, we'll be talking about what it means to communicate on Roblox and the work we're doing to enable deeper, more meaningful, and more natural forms of communication and connection. People will use Roblox every day for communication. Garima is going to share how we're going to do it. Let's get started. Garima, welcome. How are you? Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm so excited to be here and talking to you about the future of communication. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We're hanging out here. I'm at Roblox HQ. It's a beautiful spring day. The rain has stopped. We're talking about communication and Garima, you know, communication has had a really long trajectory. We started way back yelling at each other from different parts of the forest. We had smoke signals, we had semaphores, we had the mail system. And more recently, with mobile devices and the internet, we jumped beyond the telegraph system and the telephone system into some stuff you've worked on a lot. Can you share how you got your start in mobile messaging and what that part of it's been like? Absolutely. I feel so excited to be able to see this mobile messaging ship firsthand. My first job out of college back in 2010 was actually at uh, a messaging and social uh, gaming company that was owned by Tencent. So we were actually working on integrating games into QQ Messenger, which was actually a desktop product for a billion users, right? And then mobile phones were coming around and the world was like, what does this mean? We believe the way people communicate every day on mobile phones will fundamentally change. And how do we rethink this product from a desktop product to a mobile first product? And that's how WeChat came around. And so much of our work on WeChat was around this idea of, oh, with mobile phones, you can be always connected with your people. You don't have to get on a phone or schedule a landline call and then talk to someone. You can just instantly send a quick text message and talk to them. So a lot of the work was around you know, communication become became more bite-sized. Do you remember a time, Garima, as we talk about this, where SMS primitive mobile texting was brand new? And when something's really new, hopefully you and I jump on it quickly, but do you remember the time when a few of your friends were saying, oh, I'm doing this thing called texting or messaging, and then the second I tried it, I was hooked and started using it all the time? Yes, and exactly that's what happened, right? Like all the messaging apps started with SMS texting as a baseline and people could just start sending texting and people got really hooked and then emojis happened and then photos and stickers and everyone tried to make texting based messaging apps more fun. And I still remember back in 2012, 13, when I was working on early days of Facebook Messenger, we would have conversations like, would people ever send a photo or a sticker on a messaging app? That seems insane. And we were like, no, 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 they will, because it's so much more fun and more expressive and people want to be more expressive talking to their friends. And then that led to, you know, 
more voice calls and more video calls and mixing stickers and voice calls. And it just, communication became more and more real time and more and more expressive in the last 10 years. And you can reach anyone anytime. So it's already been happening for last 10 years, but we've also reached a ceiling with what can happen in those 2D environments and how expressive those 2D environments can feel for communication. And what we are now seeing with Roblox is when communication becomes immersive and 3D and when people come together in these environments, it's even more fun to communicate. And people love that even more than sending a photo or a sticker. And I think that's really exciting. Hey, one thing as we start talking about 3D communication, could you share with our audience the difference between ace? Sometimes people hear people say asynchronous communication versus real-time communication. Can you share what those means and maybe explain how messenger products at times can do both? Um, and then we'll jump into Roblox. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of asynchronous communication is really what started with SMS and text or even emails, right? And so it's like, I send you a message, you might see it instantly, or you might see it in a few hours, and then you get back to me. And there is still this notion of I send you a text, you, you kind of like read it and you get back and it takes time. And there's only so much nuance of what's going on that comes through that asynchronous communication. And then synchronous communication is when like two people are really using the same product at exactly the same time. They're on a voice call or a video call and it's real time. You can hear the notations in the voice you start feeling a little bit more what the user, the other person is saying, not just reading it in a text. And actually that presents its own um, set of challenges, right? Like you can see that with Messenger or other messaging products like iMessages, FaceTime. It all started with text kind of being the baseline. But if you are like, hey, like it's really hard to explain this on text. Can I get on a call? <laughs> you can instantly get on a call and then talk it out. And then, you know, you put the phone down. So and the thing that's really interesting is how people shift between these two things very instantly, given what they're talking about or, you know, what they want to discuss. It's like texting is easy right now. I'm I'm in a class or I'm in, I'm in a meeting. But then there are moments when you're like, hey, let's just get on a call and you just talk it through. And it's it's amazing to see how quickly and fluidly people shift between these paradigms. Yeah. And would you say if you and I were messaging or texting really, really quickly, one message a second from each, would you call that asynchronous real time or somewhere in between? I would still call it somewhere in between. Okay. Just mainly because, you know, I'm still sending and it's an isolated event that's hitting you and then you kind of read it and you get back to me. A, a lot gets lost in that translation. I think context gets lost. I might be texting you sitting in my room or at a bus stop or in a train, and it really all looks and sounds the same in a text message. That's right. So you don't really feel the environment as much. So right now, if we want real time, what you're and we're calling real time, we either have the phone system or audio communication. We have audio plus video, which we typically have, you name it, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever or we have real life. Those are our three options for real time right now. And can you share now as, as we get into where Roblox is today versus where it's going from afar, it seems we have elements of both, right? Our avatars are moving in real time. We can pick up some nuance, but we're still typing at the same time. So how would, would you call that real time async hybrid or where are we today a bit? I really look at where we are today is 
I think it's exactly that. Like we are in this like weird, like async hybrid real time mode where we have a lot of ingredients on what could be an amazing 3D immersive real time communication. But like we've started with text, we have avatars and dynamic heads that move when a user is trying to move. People are playing with each other and spending time and yet they are typing on the side and saying, this is so fun. This is the best game ever or this is the best moment ever. And a part of that expression is happening with their body language or their face and a part of it is happening with text. And a part of it little bit is now beginning to start with voice as we are rolling voice out for users and experiences. And really, I think where we are going with all of this is bringing all this together into one holistic way that people can communicate and express in the most natural ways in 3D, in real time, in immersive ways. And so really where I see all this going is facial expressions from avatar coming together with voice and lip sync working, camera input working at the same time, your entire body language working at the same time. And When people start communicating this way, I think what we'll start seeing and how people will start feeling on Roblox is they're together in real life. And it'll almost start feeling more magical in some ways. Did you, when you look back on what you learned, either working on WeChat or Facebook Messenger at the time, were there any common themes you saw as you started working on the product? And do those themes at all map forward to what we're doing at Roblox in some way? I think one theme that always sticks out to me is when people are communicating, it's all about feelings and expression, right? And they want to move, they want to talk, you know, you can say I am happy in 100 different ways and that happiness score changes. And I think that is just so natural to the way people feel like they're connected to others. They feel they are together. They want to do things. So I think a big reason why Facebook Messenger and other messaging apps started doing so well compared to basic SMS was more expression, was more like stickers and photos and whatnot at that time. And I think that those analogies are still true. People want to express and they want to feel like they're together. And I think that with spatial audio, with avatars, you really start seeing and feeling what others are feeling. From a historical context, and then I'm going to map this to Roblox because I think the exact same thing is happening For those uh, younger people in the audience, there was a time when we didn't have emojis. (laughs) There was a time when all of the cool people made a smiley face with a colon, a dash, and a left bracket or whatever. Do you recall who it was or did this happen at multiple times when real emojis started either auto-completing or entering? That must have been, in a sense, a great invention in the messaging world when, oh my gosh, that's a real face rather than a three character face. I vaguely remember it happening in my early days on Messenger when we were like, everyone types these characters. Why don't we just make it real face? And I also remember at the time, every messaging app was trying to do their own version of how these faces should look and feel like. And it became such a brand value of, you can see on every messaging product, the emojis look a little bit different than the system ones. And it became such a massive point of magic for every app. Like, I like this app's emoji more than the other. And this is so much more expressive. And people were like losing it, right? People would use tens of emojis at the same time. I also saw a really interesting phase with emojis and stickers early days of Messenger, where people would get into sticker wars or emoji wars and see who's saying it better and who is more clever with these things. And they would send hundreds back and forth, hundreds back and forth, which was fascinating. 
Yeah, that makes me think of two things. One is there were several children's products that were so optimistic with emojis they thought you could just have a full communication with emoji and and that's obviously a very child safe thing so that was one interesting thing yeah <laughs> and then the second one would be um you can tell me honestly uh, some of the people in my family tell me thumbs up emoji is no longer cool it's passive aggressive i'm i'm way out of sync is that true now i am hearing it's true okay i feel actually i'll say one thing on that dave i think every generation uses communication paradigms so differently that at a time when we thought sending thumbs up and some of these emojis were really cool it's no longer cool but if you see every time new types of emojis come they kind of become culturally relevant with the younger kids and the teenagers and they start using it in really cool ways and sometimes i don't understand it and i'm like wait what is that the cool thing to do and then that's what you see with new emojis yeah i operate in a very difficult family environment with four <laughs> very savvy social connected individuals my kids so that's where i get that information okay so now let's jump forward to roblox so we have real time avatar motion right now we have what we might call asynchronous texting at the same time mm -hmm. when you were talking about more emotion it makes me think of all the times on roblox when i jump or i move my body because i, I right now don't have the ability to track my face and so i'm looking for ways in real time to be more expressive and we we have real-time emotes so I, I can line up my emotes and i can wave and i can dance and do things like that but the next thing, can you share a bit about what we're playing with now? And this goes all the way back to some key acquisitions. It goes all the way back to uh, Roblox Hack Week projects eight years ago, which is getting to the next level, which is civil, safe, fully PII compliant, conveying the emotion of our face, our eyes, our mouth, our head, and ultimately our body. We call it facial animation. Can you just share a bit about the technology and what that means? As we're thinking about facial animation, it's actually one of the most exciting areas that we are working on across technical product experiences and how everything comes together. And what this really enables is, to your point, Dave, when people are playing, they're kind of using text and they're wanting to express themselves more. And what we want is like you're playing and now you're suddenly scared or you're suddenly excited and you jump all your face expressions should actually just show up the way they're happening. You shouldn't have to think about making it happen. It should just happen as your face changes when you are playing in an experience. And with that, we are actually working on camera tracking. And so once we have that, like as people express themselves naturally, it'll just track that and people's face expressions will change in the experience. You can see how people around you are feeling. You can express every emotion you are feeling without having to take that extra step, right? It'll just be fluid, it'll just work. I think it'll be really magical. Another piece of this is synchronizing your voice and your lips, right? So you are talking, we want your lips to move in the same way and feel really realistic. And it's not, it doesn't move the same way for every word. So it has to feel really real lifelike. So we're working on making that happen, which I think will be another magic moment blinking eyelids, head tails, like all of that magic will start working as our tech comes together for voice and facial animation, camera tracking, etc. Yeah, so the way I'm thinking about this, we're going to talk about both of these big technical innovations and then how they work together. 
Staying on the notion of when the people on our platform opt in for camera tracking, this goes beyond your face and your eyes. This can start to be arms as well. And then for those who are seated at a desk, this will ultimately be possibly track my head, tilt, and my arms, but move around with my ASDW or my thumb pad. One of the things I'm really excited about is the option for people on the platform to step back and track full body if they so desire for dancing or waving or things like that. So do you have any thoughts on ultimately where the market's going to settle down, track head, track head and arms, track full body, or will we jump between these ultimately? My take is I think we will jump between these ultimately, given the context of where the user is, what they're doing at that time. I think that voice and face and head tilts will be used a lot more and will be used very frequently. And then your full body tracking might be used a little bit more if you are on your desktop or if you are in a cert, if you're able to hold your phone in a certain way. I think the one, another way the magic will happen here is like, we don't even maybe have to wait for full body movement to require camera input. It, we can create those movements through our movement system. And I think that's a great way to extend what people are doing and feeling like you have camera tracking for upper body, but we just extend movement tracking to the rest of your body. And I think that'll just really start making everything feel really real time and expressive at the same time. Like I'm not just seeing an upper body move awkwardly while the lower body is kind of still. And so I think that'll make it really feel like real life and our technology can make that happen. Cool. Okay. So everyone hold that thought. One thought is your avatar in Roblox comes alive, eyes, mouth, everything, if you so choose. In parallel, let's talk about voice and audio. And we've had audio for a long time with AT&T and the phone system. And we're, we're doing an audio call right now as we do this um, as part of a video call. Can you dive into the ultimate promise of audio in a 3D environment when we talk about spatial audio? And a little about what is that and how is it different from maybe what would be called party line audio? What's different when it's 3D and it's spatial? Yeah, our 3D audio is like such an exciting way for users to use audio communication and express themselves because, you know, just going back to our vision and notion of what we are really building and creating here is 3D immersive worlds for people to communicate with each other and make it feel like real life. What that means is like, in real life, if I'm talking to you, Dave, yelling five feet away or standing next to you, whispering in your ear, that sounds different. If I'm talking to you behind a, from behind a glass or I'm underwater for some weird reason and then I'm calling you, it all sounds very different, right? The environment, the context, it all changes how someone sounds, what you hear, etc. And our spatial audio product actually does exactly that, right? It like It takes the context that you are in into account, if you are far away, if you are close by, where you are, you hear sound interacting with all of those things. In 2D is more flat, right? It's more, you hear the same thing. It doesn't matter if I'm behind a glass. There, there was a term that's been used a lot, skeuomorphic user interface. And one of the big things with Xerox Park and the Macintosh was that is a more easy to grasp concept. It mirrors the real world more closely. Mm -hmm. People can get, this is what a window is versus a DOS prompt. Yes. <laughs> when we talked about facial animation, 
I think we could say that camera tracking is a more natural interface than typing in an emote. Um, I look mad as opposed to I type in mad. Yes. When we start talking about voice, it's much more natural in a room of 500 people for me to walk over next to you and hear you and talk with you than to me to create a breakout chat room or for me to click on you and say, initiate one-on-one -on -one chat. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about how spatial audio holds the promise of having 500 people in a simulated cocktail party and very naturally still giving people the ability to figure out who they're going to talk to without a lot of overhead in the user interface? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think to your point, the way people do all this today is breakout rooms or you feel like you're getting on a call and then you kind of a lot gets lost in that transition. And you are really always as a user thinking about how do I talk to someone else versus like with our spatial audio product where like tens and hundreds of people come together in a space, it all really starts feeling very real life. Like, so you just walk to someone and you're like, hey, Dave, what are you doing? And because everything is proximity based, it sounds different. It's stimulated as if it's real life. The person standing 25 feet from us is not really going to overhear our conversation, right? That's right. And I think that that leads to like, you can have small group private conversations in the same space without having to do a breakout, which I think is magical. And so I'm, I'm really excited. And we are seeing some of that as people are using voice. It's like they'll team up in a corner or in a space and talk their strategy out and talk about what's going on. And then the other team really can't hear them. And then they yell past each other and it's much louder and people can start hearing or in concerts where someone is on the stage doing a concert on Roblox or a town hall on Roblox. And people who are closer to the stage hear it differently. People who are far away hear it differently. You can walk over to the person you came to the concert with and talk to them in their ear while you're still listening to the music coming at you. I think it's just, it it allows for so much. And with the spatial nature, it kind of self-modulates in what you hear and how you hear it. It all just starts feeling very natural and fluid for people. Yeah, I think in some ways it's amazing that the real world is such an audio supercomputer. And luckily, the physics of audio has N squared fall off so that we're essentially trying to simulate this exact same thing, which gives this serendipitous ability to have a conversation in a crowd, have a conversation at a rock concert. And so now internally, as we start to prototype both facial tracking and lip syncing, along with simulated audio and these both come together and so we're still take we're taking our avatar movement and our texting and turning that into real-time tracking movement and voice let's compare notes what what have you felt and i'll share what i felt and i have a few observations but i'll let you go first i think the as we are working on bringing all of this together, I think it really reminds me on some of the conversations we've been having most recently with the teams around what we are seeing is, okay, how does this become real life? How do we make it scalable? How do we make it work for everyone in really high quality? And that the way it naturally works in the world and when 25 people are talking in the same room, you hear different things in proximity, the level of detail you see, the level of detail you hear changes with proximity and all of those things. And actually that those notions of how these 
things world and real world across millions and billions of users at the same time are actually playing into our technical decisions as we implement these features to make them more scalable, but more resource efficient as well. And so we are doing a lot of work around level of detail. We are doing a lot of work around making everything feel synchronous from text to voice to, to camera tracking, which I think is, again, playing a lot into this notion of how do we make a voice product where hundreds of people are in the same experience actually feel really high quality and high fidelity for a lot of different people in different parts of the world. Yeah, you mentioned something called level of detail. Of the millions and millions of people on Roblox, some of the people on Roblox have 16 core gaming desktop computers, and some have a hand-me-down old phone that they got from their parents or something. And, and these devices can be 50 to 100 times different in their processing GPU and all of that. Can you share just a little what level of detail means? And I think at Roblox, we have this commitment that anything we ship runs on all devices, which is very, very hard. So maybe share a bit of how we solve that. I think, um, you know, one of the biggest commitments we have is we want to make all of this work on all types of devices, high end, low end. And we want to make sure that everyone is getting a really high quality experience. It doesn't degrade because someone is on a low end phone. And so a lot of work that we do is actually at the point of rendering or processing these things on the client where we say, hey, like if you as a user are, let's say, in an experience with 20 other users and all 20 of them are speaking at the same time, or you can see all of them, how do we make sure we are being most efficient in transmitting that information and data? And so what we are trying to do is if you are closer to someone, you hear that at a much higher quality versus if you're farther from someone. If you're closer to someone, you see their full facial expression in high frame rate, in high fidelity. It all really comes, um, it's all very precise and high accuracy. But if you are standing far away from someone, and it's in some ways very similar to real life, you might not see every single nuance of their facial expression, right? So maybe eye blinking is good. Maybe your interpolation in the animation is done at a different quality. And so really what it comes down to and what we call level of detail is what's the level of information and data we want to transmit that will give everyone a good high quality experience that makes it feel like real life and that makes it feel synchronized and that the expressions are really coming together, but without making the experience slow down or without causing any latency or delays, which actually takes away from this notion and promise of high fidelity expression. That's right. And then you mentioned one other thing, unified architecture, which has been a Roblox fundamental and uh, a lot of things we do on our platform, whether it's high quality materials, improving the performance of our, of our engine, improving the speed of our just-in-time interpreter, it just makes everything work better. Can you share a bit as we roll out facial animation and audio, is this happen in one place or can you share, I think the obvious thing we would do on Roblox is magically for users and developers who opt in, all avatars start animating, all places start supporting audio. Can you just share a bit about what's involved there? Yeah, absolutely. There are a few there are a few pieces of this that we want to make sure we do and we do really well for users to have a great experience. 
The first one is for people to be able to use facial animation and really use their facial expressions. We want to make sure that everyone has avatar technology that can be dynamic. So we have a feature called dynamic heads that moves with camera tracking, et cetera. And we are making sure everyone in the system, um, all Roblox users get upgraded to that technology. So as soon as we launch this, users can actually start using this feature. The other part of this is hey, there are lots of different forms of expression that are going into this. It's voice, it's facial, it'll be upper body in the future, head tilts, whatnot. We want to make sure it's all powered by a unified architecture. And that would really unlock our ability to make all these different things synchronous with each other. When people are using voice and facial expression at the same time, it has to look like what you are saying matches the facial expression and the way your face is moving. And all that is really possible if it all is powered by one unified architecture. It's scalable. It works with our engine. It works with our hardware that's custom to Roblox. Like all of that gets powered in like low latency, high quality, high synchronization way, but also scalable to the millions and millions of CCUs we have on Roblox app, which is one of the most, I think the most real-time synchronous product that I know of in the market. Yeah, CCU means concurrent users. And what that means is how many people are live on Roblox at any time. And that number is obviously in the millions and millions yeah. of millions. A lot of times when I talk with people about this vision, and we can call this simulated 3D communication, people would compare this to video. And there's a few fundamental differences with video. We've shared a few. One is ability to move around and pick who you're talking to without any user interface for a call-out room. Another one, uh, and these are very, very subtle based on all of our experience in-house, is the ability to feel as if we're in one place, which is very different. We're on a video call right now. You're somewhere else other than I am. So we feel like we're in a different place. And then there's another subtle one where when we're in a group or three or four people and we're all interacting, there's so many cues that can be picked up from the eyes and from the head tilt of who you are actually directing your communication from. And, and in the real world, we watch each other, who everyone's looking at, how their head's tilting, where you're looking. So you pick up a little more nuance, which is very hard on windowed video. And then there's one final thing that I have noticed in a lot of our experiments, when someone is in their avatar with their real voice and their real uh, motion, it almost reminds me of some movies where a, a really great actor is playing a role and you almost get more of that actor. You, you really know who they are. You're not as even distracted by their video and you're feeling that. So I, I, I feel there's fundamental benefits and my immersive Roblox communication, I felt more connected in many ways than video. I'd love your opinion on this and then I'd love your vibe on the significance of this wave in communication and you know how big is this going to be really i'll start by saying i really really believe it's going to be one of the biggest waves that these shifts in communication has ever seen even though communication has changed every decade in some way or another and like making it more real time being always on on your phone you know sending emojis 
we've not yet gotten to a place in world where people feel like they are together in one space when they're communicating. Like it just hasn't happened, not even on Zoom, not on any video call, because again, I'm just looking at a tile of you talking to me. And I think with what we are really building here with 3D immersive communication, I think it changes everything. It changes because you really feel like you are together with each other. You really start feeling the vibe. You can be like, hey, let's go sit next to a fire or let's go to a coffee shop. And so you're not just like talking at each other in some ways. You are feeling like you are in the same room. You are seeing the body language. You are seeing that someone is saying something, but the expressions are changing in ways that you don't feel if you are in the same room. And so I really, really think it changes the game. I really think combining that with the Roblox superpower of having like millions of experiences. So you're talking to, you know, my family lives back in India. I talk to my mom, but 12 minutes in, I'm kind of like, I have nothing more to say, <laughs> but I would love to just do things with her. And so being able to, you know, then quickly experience things with each other, really feeling like you are together, even though you are thousands and thousands of miles away, I think it changes everything. And I don't think there has ever been a point in history of communication that even though people have felt like they can communicate, they have felt like they're together. Yeah, this is arguably a whole new wave that combines communicating and the ability to do stuff together and the ability to feel that one is in the same place, which we've never really seen before. Do you have any thoughts on scale and how significant scale is? Because in one hand, even supporting this one-on-one -on -one is very, very significant. And on the other hand, the technical challenge of doing this for 50,000 is mind-blowing. How do you think about scale? I really think about scale in like two different ways. One is how many simultaneous users in a space that we are able to scale to, and then how many people across Roblox platform we are able to scale to, which is what we were talking about earlier. And I think when it really comes down to the concert use case or you know, a game, a football game use case, like we have to be able to support people going to these events together, that there are 50,000 people together, 100,000 people together. And I think that's fundamental in our ability to bring our vision to life that people cannot just communicate, but do things together. And that means you and I are hanging out together, but that also means I'm going to a football game with you or I'm going to a concert with my mom. Like so much goes into it. And 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 I think for scale there, we think about a lot of different technologies, everything from the level of detail piece that we were initially talking about to how many simultaneous people are talking at any moment in an experience and how much do we transmit to another user. So, you know, in 50,000 user experience, we don't need to transmit all 50,000 people what they're saying to every single user. What you realistically want to transmit is what they can hear in a real world, which is like what's happening around them and then what's happening in the concert. Um, so we think a lot about that. We think a lot about matchmaking too, which is how do we connect people to the right experience instance so they're closest to the data center that a lot of this will get served from to help with scaling and latency and quality of experience. So a lot of very different technologies and tactics are going into making this possible for thousands of people at the same time, including our own architecture, which is very unique to us, which is very unique in our ability to scale tens and hundreds of people talking at the same time. So the teams are actually spending a lot of time on both of these notions of scalability of going from millions of concurrent users on Roblox, but also tens and thousands of users in the same place at the same time. We've been talking a lot 
about the ability to simulate communication almost as if it's in the real world in any place for a lot of different ultimately uses working together playing together learning together going to school and because we're simulating this bringing people together has a lot of techniques and technologies how do people make a connection how do people jump in together how do people find their friends it's almost all of that existing knowledge around how people build social platforms can be overlaid on this supercharged real-time architecture. Maybe to um, start wrapping up, can you just mention some of the more traditional things that supercharge this architecture that are really part of the toolkit of any social platform? Absolutely. I think, you know, we, we think so much about this as when people are communicating and when they're doing things with each other, they want to do this with people they care about. And these people could be like-minded people they find on Roblox, or these people could be their real-life friends, their classmates, their siblings, family, whatnot, right? And we do a lot of work in helping people find their friends on Roblox, but also helping them find their real life friends on Roblox and bringing them on to Roblox with each other. So a lot of the work that we have recently done around contact importer, around friend recommendations, it's all just such a foundational way to help people find the friends they really care about on Roblox and have that one person they want to talk for hours on Roblox with. And so we're working on that. We are also beginning to think a lot about how do you identify your real life friends on Roblox and real names and what does that look like in these like virtual worlds. And so a lot of our work is going into that. The notion that you can just instantly call someone or get on a communication experience on Roblox is something we are actively thinking about. Notifications, another massive way if you're calling someone, you want to talk to someone in real time, you want to make sure they see and they know you are waiting for them to get on to this experience. So there's a lot of tool sets and strategies and tactics that go into making an experience feel like it's social and you're connected with the people you care about that we are actively working on. Well, hey, thank you. As you were saying this last bit, I was thinking I'm going to set a five-year reminder in my calendar because we've been doing a lot of fortune telling and future visioning. And I'm optimistic that the vision is even bigger than we've been talking about. So I'm, I'm going to check in in five years and re-listen to this podcast. I'm pretty optimistic we're going to go, yeah, we were, it's way bigger than we even thought. So, hey, Grima, thank you so much for sharing all of your background and vision on communication today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun and I'm glad we could share it with our listeners. Yeah, I think our listeners will really appreciate our conversation. That's all for another episode of Tech Talks. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to find out more about careers at Roblox, check out roblox.com forward slash careers. I'm your host, Dave Bazuki. See you again next time.